Greetings each one of you in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Redeemer, friend, one that wants to walk with us and talk with us and take us down a holy way, His way. I appreciated the opening. It was just a blessing to consider the ways of the salmon. I've never really done much study on salmon, but I can only imagine how hard that must have been to, for a salmon to go all the way back to his home. But tonight, we are not salmon. And we have a holy God that has sent a holy son, that has a holy kingdom, that's full of holy people. And he is our help and our guide. He is going to take us to his home if we are willing to yield our life to him. As I studied this topic, I, I'm actually more trembling of what's not going to be said than what's going to be said, because how are you to speak on the holy God, our God, and, and, and cover it all? You can't. His, his, his vastness is unsearchable. He is high above us. He is greater than us. And yet we rejoice because he's here to, to walk with us, beside us. And he will do that with each of you, I'm sure, if you're willing to yield. It's interesting too, as I thought about this, is that the, I don't, I hope I don't let you down, but message isn't going to be that, um, how should I say it? It's not that deep, maybe, or, 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 uh, that difficult to understand. Holy living is just simply yielding to God. Thank you for your singing. It's always so inspiring to a preacher that's trembling when he hears the people of God sing. It just gives courage. And I think that's what we need in this topic of holy living. As we walk together, we need to be encouraged with one another. We need to build one another up in this most holy faith that was once delivered unto the saints, the faith of our Lord. That's where we find this, this holy living. Well, as I was thinking about what to title it, I know that was the topic, but we just came up with the title of Walking on the King's Highway of Holiness. So the little title, maybe the subtitle to Holy Living is Walking on the King's Highway of Holiness. And and I thought about, you know, we could probably try to define holy living. And so we want to first start off thinking about, um, I want to go to Second Chronicles chapter 20. Let's start there and think about defining holy living or what, what uh, holiness is. I think we can read through this and, and get somewhat of a, a picture of the beauty of holiness the Bible talks about here. God is interested in holiness, and there's something to holiness that is just beautiful. The beauty of holiness we're going to read as we read through here. So let's read together in Second Chronicles 20, verse 1 through, I don't know, maybe 22 or so. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, and with them other besides the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some... That told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria. Behold, they be in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Gedi. I just want, as we read through this, put yourself in their shoes. I know we're not there, but put ourselves in in, uh, Jehoshaphat's shoes and and the uh, children here that was with him. It says in verse 3, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. 
And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah that they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? Rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is thy power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Are not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before the, the, the people of Israel, and gave us it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If, when evil cometh upon us as a sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house, and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. And now, behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they rewarded us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones and their wives and their children. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou king of Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you. Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook, before the wilderness of Jeruel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves. Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of the Kehahites and the of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth in the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. So shall ye be established. Believe his prophets. So shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that they should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army, and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Now, I don't know, maybe that's not a good place to start to define holiness, but as I began to think about the beauty of holiness, when you look at this word beauty uh, of holiness and the praise, they, they praise them in the beauty of holiness is what we find there. It says that they should praise the beauty of holiness. When you look at this word praise here, it just means well, it's, it's halal, it, it's to be clear, it's to shine, to make a show and to boast. It's to be clear and it's to shine. And the beauty that we find here when you look up that word, it's decoration. 
its beauty, its honor, its splendor. And so they were, they were praising this beauty of holiness. And the holiness here is sacredness. It's apartness. It's separateness. It speaks of who God is. They were praising the beauty of holiness. And as they were setting, uh, um, coming there before, and there was this enemy before them, the uphill battle, if you will, was before them. They set their hearts to praise, to be clear, to, and then to this beauty, this decoration, this power of God that was their God, and it was a holy God, sacredness. And so as I think about that, they were clearly shining forth the decoration of God's holiness to the enemy. And you will see that there's maybe about six things that they did as they began to come to this place of praise in their life, praising the beauty of holiness. You will see that in verse 3a, it says they proclaimed the fast throughout all Judah. They recognized their helplessness against the enemy. And I'm, and I'm thinking, defining the word holiness. As we walk in holiness, the reason we desire a holy God to be our guide, the reason we are walking in holiness and living holy lives is because we, first off, must recognize our helplessness. We just recognize that, that of ourselves we are nothing. We have nothing to shine forth. We have no beauty to give. We have no light to shine. And so that's what they found themselves here in front of the enemy. They recognized the enemy. They were proclaimed a fast. You will see in verse uh, 3b, um, it says this. They proclaimed a fast. Well, first they feared and set themselves to seek the Lord. They proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So they set themselves to seek the Lord God in prayer. And if we're going to walk down a way of holiness, we're going to first find our need. We're going to then bow before him in prayer. And I'm just giving you this little outline as we begin the message tonight because I want our hearts to be right. I want us to have our perspective right before God. The third thing you will see that they do is in verse 6 it says, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? They realized that God was sovereign. We are serving a sovereign God. And and God is all-powerful. And if we don't see that, I don't think we're going to be willing to, to yield up our lives in completeness to God. If we don't see him as sovereign, thou art all powerful. Uh, o, Lord, uh, o Lord God of our fathers, art thou not God in heaven? Rulest not thou over the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee. We need to see our God is all powerful. He is the one and only, the true and the right and the holy one. And this is where they were as they came up to this beauty of holiness. Another thing you see here, uh, the fourth thing, is their hearts were willing to do whatever the Lord asked. Verse 12 and 13 says, "Our O oh, our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against the great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones and their wives and their children. They just all together... They came and says their hearts were willing to do whatever the Lord wanted. They were willing. And and I just see a, a picture of that. You young folks are here tonight, but I see fathers and mothers and churches and people that are in the kingdom of holiness, that are praising this beauty of holiness. That's where we come to a place of just being willing to have our hearts 
do whatever the Lord asks. Another thing you will see is then finally, and they did praise the beauty of holiness. And that's where there was great power. And and as I think about this beauty again in our life, another definition I found of holiness or holy was whole or entire. It's perfect in a moral sense. It's pure in heart. It's the temper, the dispositions of our life are 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 completely aligned with God. It's free from sin or sinful affections. It's and applied to the supreme being, it's just he is perfectly pure. He is immaculate. He is complete in moral character and, and, and righteousness and holiness. And so as our lives line up to him and are yielded to him, our lives begin to shine forth this beauty of holiness. They begin to clearly shine forth the decoration of God to an unholy world. And this is what happened at this, this, it says this, they began to sing and to set free and to praise, and the Lord sent ambushes against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, where we come against Judah, and they were smitten. So as we begin to think about holiness, let us be men and women that have the beauty of holiness in our life. So we're going to, again, we're going to recognize our helplessness before God. We're going to seek and to set our affections upon God. We, 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 we seek the Lord in prayer. We believe in a sovereign God. And our hearts are willing to do whatever the Lord asks. And then we are moved to praise him. Well, um, the next little part of this is I want to walk on the King's Highway of Holiness tonight. And I want to share you just a, I thought about bringing the picture and probably it's not the, we, we decided it probably wasn't right to bring a poster in here. But um, as we go, as I think about this, um, walking on the King's Highway of Holiness, I was thinking back into a time where, when I was a youth and in our home, and we, we lived in a little house, a little 24 by 24, two-story house, how I grew up, and there was a, a steep stairs that went up to a landing, and it made a turn and went up to the upstairs. But on this little landing here, was um, there was a picture on the wall, and it was probably so wide, about this wide, about this tall, and I have it in my office at work uh, is where I've placed it there now. But on this picture is is a, I'll try to describe it, but it has a street coming out of the side of the picture. It's a straight street, and this street is coming out of a city. And this city is uh, has skyscrapers on either side of this uh, street, and the skyscrapers are, it's a city, and it's all on fire. They're burning. And this street continues on, and it goes to the edge of the city, and there's, there's a great gulf. And it goes on, and, and, and the street is going across the top of this, Great Gulf, and this Great Gulf is full of fire, and really it's the, it's 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 the hell, it's hell, it's pit of hell, and the street goes on out and across, and it just keeps on going, and and it goes on over into a glorious city. So at the one end of the picture, you see a a, a, a city that is just burning with fire, and and it's in, but there's a street right through the middle of it, and there's a few people on this straight street, and it goes out across, and it goes across this chasm of hell, and it goes on into a glorious city right on in through the gate and on in, and, and this city is just it, full of light, full of beauty. And, and the artist tried to paint on there just rays of light penetrating out of this city and out into the uh, down the street of uh, the straight street. And we know that this street is the cross, because as you look at the picture on here, as it goes across that chasm, there's a cross beam, and there's a couple nails, and there's blood there. So we know it's the, the cross of Christ. But as we walk, I'm thinking about walking on this King's Highway of Holiness. I just see this street that came out of the city, 
as the king's highway of holiness, and it is protruding out of the heavens, and it's coming down and it's spanning the spanning hell and it's spanning the great gulf, and it comes down into a world that is lost and, and is dying, and there is a fire that's burning this city. It's all going to be destroyed, basically, is what the artist is trying to, to render. And there's people on this street, and their eyes are set fast towards the celestial city. Their eyes are set fast towards the king of, uh, uh, at, the, at the city, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Well, also beside this street, and off the side, it veers off, and there's a whole bunch of a wide street that veers off, and it just goes over, and there's just multitudes and multitudes of people on that street, and they're veering over, and there's down below, even though above them, the, the buildings are burning. But down below, there is, there is, uh, there's arrows that are pointing towards this street that veers off. And there's arrows on both sides, and it has got full of glitter and glamour, and there's multitudes of people going over, and they come over to a place, and finally they see, you just see them falling into this place called hell. Well, I, I don't want you on that street. And I want to ask the question is, what street are you going to be on tonight as you think about walking on the King's Highway of Holiness? I want you to be on the straight and narrow street that leads unto life. And so for tonight, we're just going to go through and we're going to look at what you find on this street of holiness. And I want to just go through the Word of God, and we're not going to have probably enough time to get it through, but I want to encourage you to come to this street of holiness and stay on this street that is called holy and right and good. Well, the first thing you will find if you're on this street is you're going to find that the, that this, the, the king of kings is holy on this street. I want to start out in Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. And we want to begin to go down this street, this straight and narrow road that leads to life. Now, when you're on this street and you're looking up and you're looking out and your face is pointed towards this celestial city, this place of God, and so here we find Isaiah, and he was way back. And I think about this street just going way back through time. It goes through our time, and it goes all the way back through creation. It goes to Isaiah's time. It goes even clear back to the creation account, and it really goes on beyond because the street is the cross of Christ, and he was slain even before the foundation of the world. But I want to take you here on this street, and let's look at what Isaiah saw as he was looking forward down this street of life. Isaiah chapter 6. In the year of the king Isaiah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings, and with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongues from off the altar. And he laid it upon the mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I. In me. I think Isaiah, as he began to see this vision of the Lord, he saw a Lord that was holy, holy, holy. God is holy. And if we're going to be 
walking on the King's Highway of Holiness, we're going to see a holy God. And today, I want to encourage you to keep your eyes open and peeled for the holy God, the God of all creation, the one that created all things. Notice what they, the holy Lord, uh, what he said. One cried unto another saying, holy, holy, holy. This is who God is. He is absolute holy. There is no fickleness in him. There is no darkness in him. There is only light and purity and brightness. And he is on the king's highway. It is his highway, this highway of holiness. One cried to another. You know, Isaiah, he said when he seen the Holy One of God, he just says, woe is me. I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. That is That is what Isaiah saw when he saw the Holy God. He found himself down before before, I think he was just falling down. Woe is me. And that's what we need to be today. If we're going to take in this life, we're going to have to come to this place in our life where we say, woe is me. I am undone. I need you, God. I need your holiness and your perfection and your beauty. Woe is me. But notice what God does on the highway of holiness. When he sees people saying that, what does God do? He he must have told uh, one of these angels to, or seraphims, and he said, uh, one of the seraphims said unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongues from off the other, he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Isn't this beautiful? When we come to the highway where there is a holy God, and we are opening our hearts up to him, we are yielding our lives to him. He is willing to take a coal from off the altar, a coal of a holy coal, and touch our lips and take our iniquity away. Notice what else it does when that comes into our lives. The Bible says, I, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Our perspective begins to change. We see a holy God, and we are satisfied with him, and we are crying out to him, and we begin to feel his blessing come into our life by this coal, if you will. He comes into our life by his power because he sees faith in your life and he touches your lips. He is willing to begin to bring the work of holiness into your life. You know, in uh, Revelations 4, I just like verses. Uh, I always like to think about who God is and and and, and really there's, there's another place there at the throne room of God where we, we see these these uh, creatures falling down, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And then those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, whom liveth forever and ever. And there's four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne. This is our God. Let us not reduce God to something less than his perfect nature and beauty. He is a holy God. And if we're going to walk in the beauty of holiness, we have to be willing to come to this place just like they were. They fell down. They gave thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders fell down before him, it says, and it, it of him that liveth forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So it is for his pleasure that he is holy. And, and it is for his pleasure that he has created uh, you and I to bring the, the blessing into our life. 
He wants this holiness that is a part of him to be a part of us. You know, in Revelations 19, there's another little picture there. We can turn over there. Revelations 19 says, um, I don't know if I should read for the sake of time, but Revelations 19, 1 through 6, you just see uh, another um, just picture here. Uh, there was much people in heaven, verse 1, saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments, for he hath judged the great poor, which did corrupt the earth. I want to tell you, dear ones, if we are living a life of lasciviousness, if we are living a life of unholiness, if we are tapping in to the great whore of the earth, there is coming a time in which that whore will be judged by a holy God. And he will judge whoever is tapped into that power. And we don't want to be there. We want to be underneath the blessing of Almighty God. It says these people were saying, Hallelujah. And it says the four and twenty elders and the four beasts, verse four, fell down and worshiped God that sat on the throne saying, Amen, Hallelujah. I am a voice that came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, small and great. Praise our God. Is my heart full of praise for a holy God? You know, I like Isaiah 57 here as we think about walking on the king's highway of holiness. The holy God, maybe that seems somewhat distant to you. I don't know how you view God, but but in God's holiness and all. But in Isaiah 57, verse 15, it says this, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. His name is holy. It says, I dwell in the high and holy place. But notice this. With him also, that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the hearts of the contrite ones. So not only is God holy and high, and he dwells in that place, heavenly place, and that's where we are looking, but yet he is willing, the Bible says, to come to the ones that are contrite. That word contrite is crushed. And are you willing to be crushed? Are you willing to be molded and to shape and into his image of of, of holiness, we could say, or to be able to sing the songs of the beauty of holiness in our life. The Bible says he is willing to come in and dwell in that contrite and humble spirit. The word humble is just, it, it speaks of, of uh, depressed, even of nature. Humble, contrite, crushed. Am I willing to be crushed by this holy God? Am I willing to be humbled by him? Am I willing to give up my life for him? But the Bible doesn't leave us there. Or the word of God, it says, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite one, the one that is depressed and the one that is crushed. The Bible says that he, this holy one of God, wants to come in and revive the spirit, revive our hearts to live. That's just what that means, to live. And so... On the king's highway of holiness, we see a holy God. Well, the next thing we see on the king's highway of holiness is we see the king's son, and he is holy. Let's go to Luke chapter 4. I'm going to let an adversary of God explain the holiness of the Lord, his son, Lord Jesus Christ. But Luke chapter 4, you will find this. 
on the highway of holiness. Now remember this picture of this cross. And we're wanting to be on this tonight. We're walking on this highway. The highway of holiness, the king is holy and the king's son is holy. Luke chapter 4, verse 31. says it, and came to, And there came down to Capernaum of the city of Galilee and taught them on the Sabbath day. That his doctrine, for his words were with power. And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee whom thou art, the Holy One of God. I know thee whom thou art, the Holy One of God. And so this, what we see here is even the very devil, the devils, even though they even believe and tremble, they believe that he is holy, the Son of God. It says they are the Holy One of God. Rebuked him, said, hold thy peace and come out of him. When the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and hurt him not. But the Son is holy, and he has power over the enemy of our soul. He has power to cast out the devil out of a person's life. He has power to cast out all that the enemy would bring into our life if we are willing to come and acknowledge him, the Holy One of God. Jesus Christ is holy. John chapter 5, let's turn over there. John chapter 5, verse 17, I believe. I want to read these verses because I just believe we see a little picture here of honoring the Son. And we're thinking about the King of kings, the Lord God. He is holy, and now Jesus Christ, the Son, is holy. And we need to know where the Son is, where his his place is. And I believe... We already know that he is the son of God. He was Emmanuel, God with us. But the, the word of God here just gives us a little picture of who this son of God is. But Jesus answering them, my father, verse 17, worketh hitherto and I work. Verse 18 of John chapter 5. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because not he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that his father making himself equal with God. Right there it is. Jesus Christ had already said he was one with the Father. He was equal with God. He is holy. The Son of God is holy tonight. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but that he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these, that ye may marvel. For as the Father raised up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. The Son, the King's Son is holy. He is one with his Father. He is like his Father. He has the ability to quicken whom he will. And I want to encourage you tonight on this highway of holiness. We're not so much looking at all the dark side of things because we're on the highway of holiness. We're looking to the Son. The Son of God has the power to quicken to change our lives from darkness to light, from the from the power of Satan, from, from the evil way to the power of God. The Son of God is holy. He quickens whom he will, it says. In verse 22, For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, 
which hath sent him. That word honor is just to, to prize, to, to fix value upon, to, to revere, that all men should prize the Son, that all men should, should fix value upon the Son, that all men should, should revere the Holy Son of God. He is a part of the holy highway that we are walking on. The King's holy highway has a holy Son. Do I prize His holy teachings and His promises I claim? Do I adore Him? Do I adore Him? Do I honor Him in everything I do? Where am I at on this highway of God? Am I looking straight towards that holy city where the throne of God and the Son and of the Lamb and the Spirit are? Or are my eyes wandering off to the flashing lights of a burning city? Do I honor the Son? It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. That is past and future. It's perpetual. It's life. The Son of God, the Holy Lamb of God, has life to give. He has holiness to give and shall not come into... What does it say? He hath, um, we better reread. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death into life. You see, if we do not believe in the Holy God, if we do not believe in His Holy Son, then there is condemnation, there's crisis, there's a tribunal, there is justice, there's the divine law of God that comes down upon us, on people that cast Him out. But if we believe, the Bible says, that what he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. But if the, if God is holy and the and the Son of God is holy and he has and he can give of his goodness and he can quicken out of the out of himself the goodness of God. That means if we believe this everlasting life that he has to give is a holy life. It is an everlasting life. It is a a well of water springing up into life. Everlasting life. This is a life of holiness before God. It's because we honor the Son. We honor the Father. Who those that does not honor the Father or the Son? You know, it just says, all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father. Part of walking on the King's highway is we must honor the Son of Almighty God. Well, you know, one more verse into this thinking about the king's son is holy but if we go to first john maybe we should turn there first john chapter five and let's read there a little bit mostly it's echoing what we've already said but first john five verse eleven and this is the record that god hath given to us eternal life and this life is in his son he that hath the son hath life and he that hath not the son of god hath not life these things have I spoken unto you that, that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. It is important for us, if we're going to have a holy life, we have to be willing to come to the King that is holy, and we have to accept the holiness of His Son. And we need to come to Him. We know what the Son of God has done for us. He is our Savior. He is the one that has redeemed us. He is the one that has died for us. He is the one that has loved us. He is the one that is, wa- is willing to wash our sins all away. He's the one that is willing to remake us into the image of his son- of himself, the image of 
his dear son. Well, on this holy highway, walking on the king's highway, the, the third thing we see here is the king's word is holy. Everything on this highway is holy. We're going to find that out. And so if we're going to walk uh, and be holy and have holy living, we got to be on the king's highway. We can't be off on some world highway that is leading us to death. We need to stay on the king's highway. So the king's word is holy on this highway. Everything he brings down this highway from the, the, the aisles of, of heaven, all the things that come down this highway, when you get on this highway, are going to be found to be holy. What is Proverbs? I think 30 verse 5 says something. Every word of God is pure. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to them that trust in him. Something like that. Every word of God is pure. The king's word is holy. What do we find in John chapter 1? Let's turn there as we think about the word of God. Um, many of you know this, these, uh, this probably by heart. But John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Again, the, the King's Word is holy. The Bible is saying the Word was in the beginning. The Word was God. The Word was was with God. And, and, and the Bible says in verse 14 of this chapter, The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. Every word of God that comes out from the very throne of God, the Father, the Son, and the Word, they're all one, they're glorious, and they have a holy way and a holy call to call us out of this place that we might be stuck in. Maybe we're on the wrong street tonight. I don't know what glamorous lights have caught your attention, but God's Word calls us out of those places. It calls us into His light. It is full of grace. He is full of grace. That's just the goodness of God. And He is full of truth. There is no lie there. The holy highway has no lie. Think about it. The, the, the other highway that is veering off, it is full of lies. It is full of, uh, just, uh, it's full of everything that, that Satan is doing. It's, it is assault against God. And yet He is, He is trying to, to, to get you to think that it is okay to go on that street for a while. But that is not the straight street. God's Word is holy and everything He has is holy. John chapter 17. Let's turn over there for a few verses. John 17, verse 13. This is the uh, prayer of Jesus as He is there, and it is so hard to know where to start and to stop in this prayer. But think about it as He is praying this for all people. John 17, verse 13. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the Word, in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Just get a hold of this. The Lord Jesus, right before he is going to the cross, because he's loving you and he's, he's going to the cross to die for you, and yet he is saying and he is praying, he says, I have given them my word, and the world has hated them. We know that. But even as I am not, uh, and, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world, I pray that thou shouldest not take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them from the evil that they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Set them apart 
make them holy. Help them to be singing the praises of God on the highway of holiness. Help them to, to take my word. He is just praying for you children, you young folks. Take in my word. Sanctify them through my word. My word is truth. There is no unholiness. And I, I don't know what you young reading and what you get into uh, for your, your media content. But dear ones, tonight, the word of God is holy. The word of God is true. The word of God is right. And why would we settle for anything less than that? I just want to warn us that there are many deceivers in the latter time. The Bible says they want to deceive us and get us off the highway of holiness. They want to get us away from God. But the word of God is true. And you cannot go wrong with just picking up the word of God and reading it every day. You can never go wrong with that. Sometimes it feels drier to us than other times. But we need to pray and to seek. If we believe that God's Son is holy and God is holy and His Word is holy, we will want to have the Word of God in our life every day. I want to encourage us. You know, parents, I I want to encourage you here as we think about holy living. Be careful what content you let in your home. Maybe 50 years ago it was okay to go to the library. Today it is a different day. There is many deceivers that are trying to get us off the highway of holiness and put in our little ones and in our children and in our young folks something that is different than holiness. It is unholiness. It is, it is, it is an assault against God many times. If you begin to look in some of, to the depths of some of these books, you've got to be careful. We need to have eyes of discernment in this our day if we're going to walk in holiness before God. And I and I trust here that you understand we're talking about holy living here. We're not talking about how to be saved. We're talking about after we have been saved and and we have we have been made holy by God. We have been cleansed. He has cleansed us. He has forgiven our sins. And now we're walking in holiness. We're not doing it to try to be saved. We're doing it because we love Him. We're doing it because we want to stay on His highway, right, brother? We want to be on the highway of holiness tonight. Do I believe His word? What is Hebrews chapter 4? Maybe we should turn the verse in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4. I know this is so basic, but as you look at where holiness comes from, it is not that difficult to understand. God didn't make it. I think Satan wants to make us to think that living holy lives is very difficult or there is no way to do it. But that is not true. That is a lie. There is ability by God's Spirit within our hearts. We'll see a little later. That, that we can live in holiness and we can honor God. What does it say about the Word of God? We're still we're getting ahead of ourselves. But for the Word of God, verse 12 of, of uh, Hebrews 4, for the Word of God is quick. That is, means it's alive. It is living and it's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. We need to have the living word in our midst tonight. We need to be taking it in. And I know I keep and I keep putting this before you time and time again, but the Bible says the word of God is a discerner of the very thoughts and the intents of our hearts. If we're going to be deceived on this off of the king's highway, it's because we have laid down God's holy word. And we are not allowing it to discern in our hearts. We're to trust the Spirit. We're to try them. But we need to get a hold of His Holy Word and take it into our life. I just want to encourage you that 
Maybe you've had a maybe you have a lot of things on your smartphone that you look at every day. And I and I'm going to speak into this a little because I've been there myself. But maybe your smartphone is that God that is keeping you away from the the king's highway of holiness. And it's not just the phone that's the problem. It's the content that's coming out of it into our hearts. It it is the content that is coming in. But when we have that content coming in that is not holy, we need to look and say, do I love a holy God? Why am I continuing to take on and into my life something that is not a discerner of the very thoughts and the intents of our heart? And why am I taking something into my life that is taking me away from God? that's causing my heart to grow cold, that's causing me to not see clearly. Why would I take that into my life? But if you're willing to be on the King's Highway of Holiness, you will say, I want God's Word there. I want it in my life. I want it to discern me, Lord. Try me and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me into the way everlasting. That is what God is after. He wants us to be led into His way of everlasting life. And young folks, I just want to plead with you to be careful what you're taking into your life. It could be music. It could be some podcast. It could be, I don't think there's hardly anything holy on YouTube. I'm not sure. There probably is some good uh, uh, things to be able to learn something. But there's so much bad content. I've been one that has fell on that that very platform because of an, of not having a, a vision for God. Because you get there and the Lord and, and the old enemy, he just begins to pull you here, 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 and here, and suddenly you are not in a holy place. But should we just keep that in our life? I don't think so. If we're having struggles in them areas of our life, we need to say, Lord, help me. Or maybe talk to a brother or whatever, but put those things aside and get a hold of God's holy word tonight. I'm sorry, I'm kind of just wound up here, but... Brothers, this is the Holy Word. Let's remember that. Let us never forget that. You know, um, Hebrews 11. What does, think about the power of God's Word. Hebrews 11 says, verse 3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. That just tells me that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. When God spoke, it happened. Praise God. The King's Word is holy. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, and for correction. And, and it's that the man of God might be thoroughly furnished unto all good what? Works. Unto all good works. That is what the Scripture is there. To thoroughly furnish you to all good works. That you will find in Second uh, Timothy 3, I think it is. First Peter 1. Maybe we should turn there. First Peter 1. First Peter 1. Verse 16. Says this. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, past the time of your sojourning here in fear, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Just remember, the God of, our, of, of, of all creation is calling us to holiness. Well, 
Um, I think Psalms 119 says, Wherewithal shall a man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to thy word. We cleanse our way by taking heed according. Well, you know, what else we find on the king's highway of holiness? We find the king's spirit is holy. So not only is the king of kings holy, the king's son is holy. The king's word is holy. But in John chapter 14, let's turn there. As we think about the king's spirit being holy. John 14. What do we find here? Verse 15 of this chapter. It says, If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Because if it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The King's Spirit, dear one, is holy. Holy, excuse me. We can go to, 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 um, John 14, verse, uh, 23. Jesus said, answered and said unto them, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my things, and the word which he hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. My peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The king's spirit is holy. He has a blessed spirit to give to you and I that come to him by faith, that say, Lord, here am I, just as I, Isaiah was. Here am I, Lord, send me. And, and he, he brings his spirit. It says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world, not as the world give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. You know, our hearts are troubled when we, when we look to the, the enemy of our soul in the world. Our hearts are troubled when we follow after anything that the enemy has. But when we follow after Christ, the righteous one, we find that his spirit is there to comfort us and to guide us and to direct us. He is there to bless us. The Bible says to grieve not the spirit of God. Don't grieve him. Don't turn away. Off this highway of holiness, yield to his divine control, yield to his spirit, yield to his blessing, yield to his his ways. It says it will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. The spirit of truth, God's spirit is holy. You know, when you think about the work of the spirit, I want to turn to John or to Luke, rather, Luke chapter four. I want you to think about what happened in Jesus's life as he was there being tempted. We're talking about walking on the king's highway of holiness. And Jesus, as he was on this earth, was doing this for us as an example. But Luke chapter 4, I want you to notice this, the temptation of Christ. In verse 1 it says, Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led uh, by the Spirit into the wilderness being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing, and, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. I just want you to get a picture, young folks, of, of what it looks like when the Spirit of God is within an individual. Here it is, Jesus. He was full of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says. He had just... 
um, obeyed uh, his heavenly Father. He had just been baptized. The Spirit of God had came down and rested upon him. God had said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And on the highway of holiness there are children, men and women. There's boys and girls that have given their life to the Lord. There is young folks that have given their life to the Lord, and, and they are sons of God, and he is well pleased with them. And he is saying here, um, and, and he begins to, to uh, his spirit works and moves Jesus. He was full of the Holy Ghost, and every time the enemy offered him something, Jesus turned around and he says, No, no, what this says, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. This is why we must not grieve the Spirit. This is why we must have the Spirit in our life. The King's Spirit is holy. It will always call. He will always call us to a holy way when Satan tempts us in this world. And you know, you think about it. When, when we are called to a holy way, when we are yielded up to the way of God, just like this, I'm going to live by, ev- um, I'm not going to live by just bread alone but by every word of God. If that was the case in Jesus' life, and it was, what did he have coming out of his life? He had holy living coming out of his life. He was yielded to the divine control of the Holy Spirit of God. It says, if thou, verse 7, If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. The old devil, he was trying to tempt him to the kingdoms of this world. He says, all of this stuff can be yours if you will just worship me for a little. But Jesus says, no. Jesus was listening to the Spirit of God, and, and so he was called to the way of, of God. And, and what did he say? He says, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Thou shalt worship. Thou shalt prostrate to him. Thou shalt give homage to him. And so while Jesus, yes, he was being moved by the Spirit of God, he was following after his Father's will, Jesus was then, because of that, living a holy life. He was walking in holiness, and Satan understood that, and Satan knew it. And that's why I think he kept going back to him. He tried to get him off the highway of holiness, if you will, time and time again. And you and I tonight are no different. We're going to be tempted tempted to go to the kingdoms of this world. The kingdoms of the world offer a lot of things. They offer power, and only not this worldly power. It offers all kinds of uh, wealth. It offers um, maybe status. It offers good looks. It offers everything like that. But it doesn't offer the power of God. It doesn't offer holiness and righteousness and peace and, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And Jesus here, he says, get thee behind me, Satan. He was tempted one more. He says, um, you know, that's what the devil always does if he really tempts us. If we are if we are yielding our life to him, yielding our life to the devil, following after his way, he's going to take us to this place. He's, or even if we're not, I think, but ultimately he tries to get us to, 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 to cast ourselves down. He wants to destroy what God has done. Even us, we're created in the image of God and in the likeness of God, and, and he hates us. He is our adversary of our soul. He hates God. He hates his people, the God's people that have been created, but yet here, we find Jesus saying, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil ended all this temptation, he parted him for a season. And what did Jesus go forth doing? It says, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame from him throughout the region round about. If you want to live holy lives, yield to the Spirit of the Holy God. Yield up 
And there is power of the, uh, it says he returned in the power of the spirit. This is what God is after. He is after children that are walking every day in the power of the spirit of God. That is what he's looking for. He is wanting you to, to walk in his spirit, to follow in his will. And that is the power of the spirit coming out daily in our workplace, in our home. We don't, we don't, uh, speak evil words. We don't, we don't, uh, when, when, when a guy at work maybe, um, treats us badly, we don't cuss at him back because we're walking in the power of the spirit. We actually love him. The Bible says we wouldn't, uh, if our enemy is, we actually go and feed him because we're walking in the power of God's word, his spirit. We have been born again of this worthy way of God. It's a holy way. This is what God is after. He wants us to yield to him on the king's highway of holiness. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. You don't find any unholiness in those words, do you? That is the fruit of the Spirit. We need to be yielding that fruit up to God, back to Him, walking on the King's highway of holiness. You know, the time is running out way too fast, but on this highway of holiness, there's also a holy kingdom. Not only is there a holy Lord and God, and His Son is holy, and the Word of God is holy. There is a holy kingdom. The King's highway of holiness has a holy kingdom. What does Jesus say here in Matthew? I want you to go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Jesus says these words. 17 says, For the time Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is near. And he began to call people, and he's calling all of us. He's calling you and I to this kingdom of heaven. And on this highway of holiness, there is a holy kingdom. The king, king's kingdom is holy. And I just want to ask, what do I desire to be decorated with on this kingdom of holiness? We've been talking about some of those things. But you began to go through the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 and 6 and 7, and you begin to see beautiful decorations that come from God on this kingdom of holiness. You see things like, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek. That's someone that is that has a lot of power that is under control, under God's governance, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which are hungering and thirsting after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Is that where you are tonight? Are you in, are you at a place where you're ready to walk in the kingdom of God, living for Him? The the Bible teaches us that in this kingdom there's not adultery, there's not divorce in this kingdom. There's not fornication in this kingdom, but there's a kingdom of holiness. There's marriages that are prospering. There's marriages that are full of love. There's marriages that, that love their children. I, and you're coming up to this age, dear young folks, all of you. You're coming to a place where you're considering, what shall I do for a wife or a husband? But in the kingdom of holiness, there is holy marriages. There are purity there. You know, I have a brother that's probably on number six or seven. I'm not even sure how many. But you will never find that the love of this world will satisfy this desire that God has placed into our heart. The love of, of, of another woman is not going to satisfy or bring some better picture of, of, of what a marriage is. A marriage that is beautiful before God is just one that is yielded up to God. They're just saying, Lord, here we pray together. We walk together. We live together. This is the highway of holiness. This is the kingdom of God. 
There is no divorce. We are not, we are, our communication is yay, yay, and nay, nay. It is yes, and it is no. We are not trying to deceive one another in lies. We are not retaliating one towards another on this highway of holiness in the kingdom of God. It is a beautiful kingdom. The Bible says, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despisefully use you and persecute you. This is the kingdom of holiness. And are we interested in this kingdom tonight? Are we walking in this kingdom? Verse 48 of chapter 5 says, Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. There is prayer in this kingdom. Prayers that go up to God that are not being used to be seen of men. But there's men and women of God seeking God's face in this kingdom. And they're back in their little prayer closets and they're praying for their children. They're praying for their young folks. They're praying for the church. They're praying for the lost. This is a part of the kingdom of holiness that God is calling us to. Am I walking on this kingdom of holiness? There is fasting. There is even where we, we are willing to just fast and take time to be with God rather than to please our flesh for a little. There is, there is wealth that is not laid up on this earth in this kingdom, brother and sister. This is the kingdom of holiness. There is treasures that are being laid up in heaven. We are seeing with an eternal picture on this kingdom of holiness. This is a highway of holiness, dear ones. When we yield our lives and walk in this highway, we find that the treasures of this world are just going to rust. They're going to go away. They're not going to be there in eternity. And so we begin to apply our lives to the way of holiness. We apply our lives to the, the treasures of God. And we, and we engage in those treasures back and forth one with another. And we begin to share those treasures with others. Lay not up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rust doth corrupt. For where thieves do not break through nor steal, but for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where is my treasure tonight? We have to answer that question. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. There is a straight way on this way in this kingdom. There is a golden rule. There is through teachings of God. There is a kingdom way, the way that leads to life. Are you pointing others to this way of life in this beautiful kingdom? Of holiness. You know, the Bible says it this way. He says in verse 24 of, of, of Matthew 7, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which buildeth his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which buildeth his house upon the sand. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. What kingdom are you willing to be in tonight? There's a kingdom that is not going to fall. There's a kingdom that is not going to be washed away by the flood. There's a kingdom, and it's the kingdom of holiness that God is a part of. Am I willing to be a part of that wise man that is built upon the rock? Well, the time is nearly up, and I have more to say, but yet the Lord can answer all of these things. You know, what is keeping us? I want to, I do want to share one thing that will keep us off of these, this highway of holiness. The, uh, so we're thinking about the king is holy, the king's son is holy, the king's word is holy, the king's spirit is holy, the king's kingdom is holy. But there's one thing that will keep us from walking on the king's highway of holiness, and we've touched on it some. But I just want to, to share this word, and it is just idolatry. 
It is idolatry. As I thought about and studied this message, what I came to was just there is idolatry that can come into our life and keep us off of this highway of holiness. If you would go back and look at the children of Israel, what did the children of Israel be? Was what were they given by God? Given a perfect law. They were given the Ten Commandments, weren't they? There before the mount, and Moses was up in the mount, and here God was—he had chosen these people to live holy before Him, and He was giving them all of this perfect will, and He was ready to bring it down there, and they got themselves into idolatry. They began to look at the world. And they, they made gods of gold. And they worshiped those gods. And, and, and the Bible just, it, it is a very sad picture when God had set everything up for them and got them to a place where they were going to prosper in, in, in the world and be a for Him in the world. And they chose idolatry. And it caused them to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And I want to encourage you youth not to turn to an idol, something that is outside of God's will outside of his heart. In the New Testament, it talks about it like this. In Romans 1, it says, They glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. I think that was the idol there. They began to not glorify this king, this holy king, on this king's highway. And they were not thankful towards the king, and they turned away. And there was idolatry. There's An idolater will not have any inheritance in the kingdom of God. So, you know something else that's beautiful about the king? Children, the king's children are holy. I want to leave you with a, a few verses about this when we think about it in the word of God. Let's let the word of God speak here as we, we, we try to close this message down. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. The king's children are holy. And it is just a beautiful work of God. This is not ultimately our work, but it's because we have yielded to him. Ephesians 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and, and without claim uh, before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of the children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted, in the beloved. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23. Let's read some verses. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you be that you put on the new man, which is after God, is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not, but not the sun go down upon your wrath. Put on the new man, which is after God is created in righteousness in true holiness. Go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on the charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Put on this new man. The Bible says, maybe in First Thessalonians 3, let's turn there. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 11. Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you, and the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. To the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. There are so many verses. You can go on and on and look at the verses that the Bible speaks of the children being holy. And that just gives us a direction of what we are to do and how we are to live. Just like this one, to the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God. Well, time is up and it's time to set down. But I just want to encourage you to be working in the king's kingdom. I want to encourage you to be a good part of, of the kingdom of God. I just wrote a few things down here to, to end on. If you're not in the king's kingdom, repent and believe the gospel. If you're not in the king's kingdom, repent and believe the gospel. Take the first step of obedient living. Be baptized. Why not be baptized? If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, why not be baptized? The, uh, Jesus did it. All of us here have done it. It's, it's a blessing to be baptized because it, it shows that you're obedient to this holy king on this holy highway. You're willing to follow his, his call. Something very simple. It's one of the very first steps of obedience to walking before God is just to be baptized. It's an outward manifestation of what is going on in our life. Receive the Holy Spirit. I would, I wrote down, join a new conference church family. I just want to encourage you. You can join somewhere else, but it's a good place to be. There's a lot of people here that love the Lord, and it is a good place to fellowship together. Come and be a part of, of, of the people of God here within this brotherhood. Read and obey God's Word daily. Develop godly habits. Just start living for the King every day. Follow Him. Be an active supporter of the body of Christ. Just be active in the body of Christ. You know, you might be called to things that, that you don't think you can do in the body of Christ. I was that way too. I, w- I would rather not be here standing here. I'd rather be at the very back of the meeting house. That was, that's my, that's the way I am. That was the way I was built. But God calls us to holy things. And we need to be willing to be a good supporter in that. Practice the holy kiss. Practice walking together. Get around the communion table in the, in the, the, the fellowship that you're in. Wash some feet. Be an active supporter in the kingdom of God. Lay down your life for each other. Go the extra mile. Just um, love one another. Have compassion for another. Walk together. Be a good listener for the needs of others. There's probably some of you here that are hurting tonight. But be a good listener in the body of Christ. Love and support each other. I just, I just even think, and, and even something that is so, so, uh, it is not required so much to dress like we do, kind of alike, you know. It's not really required. The Bible doesn't say we all have to wear these suits like we do or these dresses. But it also shows our love for each other. So I don't have a problem with doing it because it shows that I love you. I'm willing to lay down my life for you. So be a good part of the church family that you are a part of. Visit the fatherless and the widows. Reach out to the lost in your community. Be an active witness for him on the king's highway of holiness be satisfied with the callings of god in your life love your neighbors hope help those that are struggling in sin maybe there's someone here tonight that's going to walk out of here be willing to hear and help that person if, if they need to come to a place of prayer or a place of 
of, of just um, of mentoring and discipling. Be willing to be accountable to prayer one for another. Ask for accountability in the body of Christ. Ask an older brother or sister to help you stay in the way of life. Sometimes we have a wavering heart and our eyes are going one way or another and we are struggling to stay focused in His way. But I want to encourage you, if you come to the Lord, just just be willing to be accountable in the body of Christ. Talk to an older brother. They are willing to share truth and, and, and wisdom that they've learned over the years. It is a blessing to have accountability in the body of Christ. Be willing to take drastic measures to overcome habits of unholiness. I just think of my life. You know, sometimes there was some unholiness there. And we still have to work and take drastic measures to be keeping our focus on the Lord always. But it might mean that you have to give up some things in your life on this highway of holiness. It will mean that, honestly. You will have to give up things in your life. But if you're interested in holiness, you're going to give up some of these things that are that are vices to you. You might give up your smartphone for a period of two years. Just get rid of it if that's where it's at. It might be something else. I'm just using that as an example. But we, as children of the King, we are interested in holiness. And we are pursuing Him because He is holy. Because He is worthy of our praise. Because He wants us to be singing this song of holiness. We love you.